I'm really excited for our guest today because Michelle and I have known each other a long time and I specifically wanted to interview her because she's someone who I have seen go through a lot of change in her business and her personal life and do it with grace even when times have been difficult and it's just always someone that I look forward to seeing and I get uplifted whenever I leave our interactions. I leave feeling better than when I... I feel the same way when you come. Oh, look, Sarah's coming. Great. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So I thought maybe we could start with um, you just sharing a little bit for folks about yourself. Um, well, I my name's Michelle Cyphers. I'm a hairdresser and have been for 30 plus years, sometimes full-time, sometimes just kind of on the side. I've been through... A lot of changes like you said since I've known you for sure um, and for a while there I was coaching a fitness a women's fitness group and um, that was great fun I'm no longer doing that who knows what's next <laughs> I feel like there's always something big next and now I'm not afraid of that I look forward to it where before when I first met you I was a big scaredy cat of any kind of change so well, maybe that's where we could start. You know, can you share with folks a time when you either change was forced upon you or you wanted to make a change, but you didn't necessarily feel ready? Can you describe that time? Um, definitely with my divorce. I was married for 18 years um, to my ex-husband. And I, I would say at the time, I probably felt like that was a forced change. You know, he had an affair and we were gonna get a divorce obviously it wasn't his first affair but um I don't know I was resisting it so much but then at the same time in retrospect when I look back I feel like for years I wanted that change but I was just way too scared I didn't think you know I would be anyone without him I didn't think I could live without him like who am I if I'm not his wife you know and so I think deep in my heart you know, even before, um, we actually did go through a divorce, I wanted it, but I just kind of put the blinders on cause I was way too scared. And then it was almost forced. And that was by far the scariest time of my life, but now I'm grateful for it. And looking back, I didn't think I'd live through that and I did and I'm fine and I'm grateful for it now. <laughs> and if you knew me during that time, like you did, you would probably have never thought you'd hear me say that. You kind of did say it sometimes. You would say, I know this will be okay. Yeah. But what are the things? So I think that's an interesting counterpoint because like you talked about, that was a number of years ago, right? You had little kids. Yeah. I had a 18 month old and a seven year old. So what kept you up at night at that point? Cause you were also running your own business. Yeah. Well, I, when we were married, I helped him with his business. You know, I did the books and errands and that kind of stuff. You know, he didn't pay me for that because it was our business. And then when I realized I was going to be divorced and I had got my hair license when I was 19 and the years that we were, you know, building his advertising agency and my license for renewal would come up and I'd think, why am I, I'm not going to read you know, renew this. I'm never going to use it. But for some reason, I always did. Thank God. Because <laughs> the only other job I had had was an administrative assistant at a um, payroll company. And that job, I really did not like 
you know, being at a desk, being chained to a desk is what it felt like. And so when I realized we were getting a divorce and I had did not want to go back to being a secretary, I kind of went into panic mode and was like, okay, the, I'm doing hair and this has to be a career. Like, cause before I would do it just kind of for fun. I, you know, I'd see my friends and family and do it just for fun. But it was like, I had to change that mindset and we had to build a business and fast because I had no income. I'd worked for him, you know, all this time and, you know, wasn't paid. And so it was scary, but sometimes fear is good because <laughs> it's motivating. So when you said you had to change your mindset, what were some of the ways that you did that? Well, I delved into books, self-help books, like you wouldn't believe. And it's funny because I really never read before at all. Um, someone, one of my friends gave me the book, Seed of the Soul. And um, I also had a, another book that someone gave me called um, The Power of Now. And it was interesting because I tried to read The Power of Now first, and it just, I couldn't get through it. Like, I would read a paragraph, and then it, it just wasn't resonating, I guess. But The Seat of the Soul resonated like you wouldn't believe. Like, if you saw my book, it's, it's people want to, can I borrow that? And I, you can't, because it's highlighted, and there's notes in it and everything. And it just, it resonated so good with me, and it just made me feel more positive. It made me feel like... I'm going to be okay. It just totally spoke to me. And um, now I'm like, my husband now laughs at how many books I have. And he's like, can you get rid of some of these? I'm like, no, never. <laughs> they like saved me. And um, so I did a lot of self-searching that way. And I was someone before that couldn't even stand to be alone for a moment. You know, I if I was home alone, the TV had to be on, the radio had to be on if I was in the car. And now... Um, learning to be in that silence. I think people are afraid to be alone with their own thoughts sometimes. And that was definitely me because it's kind of scary to face yourself sometimes <laughs> when you're in denial, like I was for so many years. So, um, I started meditating. I, um, learned how, how to do that. Well, it's a practice and just really got in touch with myself. I used to go on drives going on a long drive is really that's like was probably the most important thing you know if my kids were with them and I couldn't stand to be in my own skin you know in the middle of the night two in the morning I would just get up and take a drive to San Francisco and it always made me feel better so for folks who are listening to this who don't know, we're located in northern Nevada in the Reno, Lake Tahoe area. So a drive to San Francisco is going over the Sierras, mm -hmm. three and a half hours to San mm -hmm. Francisco. And when you got there, did you just turn around and come back? Or? No, I would go. Oh, my poor mother. I worried her to death because she's like, well, let me go with you. And it's like, no, I'm fine. I just, I want to be alone. I need to be by myself. And I would just drive. <laughs> I remember this one time. I just, ugh. I just wanted to escape my thoughts, you know, and so I took a nice long drive, drove to San Francisco, got there about five in the morning and went to a hotel and, oh, we're booked. And it took me about three tries to find um, a hotel. And I just remember, I always sleep really well in a hotel with those blackout shades. And <laughs> and I um, just would sleep. I would go for walks, you know, across the Golden Gate Bridge or go hang out in Sausalito and just be by myself for that particular time it was three days and um 
had to keep in touch with my mom so she knew I was okay, but it was so healing for me just to kind of be by myself with my own thoughts, which before, oh, I like I said, no, we had to have radio on, TV on. I did not want to be alone with my own thoughts, but it really, that helps. And if I, if I'm in a kind of a mode like that where I need a drive, but I can't necessarily go away for three days. Sometimes I'll just, I love taking a drive around, um, Tahoe, you know, just driving up there. And I, I don't know what it is about just taking a drive for me. I love it. And now, um, you know, my husband now even knows every once in a while I do that. And he's like, just let me know where you are. Cause he sees how good it is for me when I come back from that. I think that's an interesting and important point to make that even though like you move beyond where it's been stressful that there is no end, right? You it's like you said meditation's a practice, staying present mm-hmm. or being with yourself is a practice mm-hmm. also and so we revisit yeah those things that help us get centered again. Yeah. And I I think one of the biggest things I've learned what I was really good at before is trying to resist and control everything before. And now, you know, I still will have anxiety about big changes and, but I just kind of try and breathe through it and I know it'll pass and this is how it is now. And this too shall pass. And sometimes it's that way for the good things too. So even when good things are happening and I try not to get too overly attached because I know it's all going to (laughs) change. That's the biggest thing. Things change always, constantly. And really, for the most part, I mean, it's all been for the best, even though I wouldn't have known it at the time. I would have just thought, you know, there's no way I can go on with this. And and really trying to look at um, other people that have way worse, you know, cause I would say I was pretty much just self-involved and worrying about me and how bad it was for me. But now I can think, well, it could always be worse. Cause you know, <laughs> I was so, um, reliant on people before for my own happiness, you know, relied on my mom. And I immediately got, I got married at 19. I went right from my parents to my husband and um, he used to tell me, and I didn't understand at the time, I do now, that being married to me was, he said sometimes he felt more like my father than my husband. And I, that made no sense to me at the time. But now I know what he means because I was very clingy and needy and like relying on him. Like I could do nothing myself. You know, I wanted to go with him. If he went to the store, I wanted to go, you know. And, um, my marriage now is completely opposite of that completely opposite it's like I'm gonna go do this and I I don't know it's just it's comfortable I'm comfortable being with myself where that was never the case when did you notice that change to being comfortable with yourself was it gradual or did you just wake up one day and go wahoo (laughs) comfortable it was gradual when we were first divorced I we we had the kids we um, switched three days on three days off and before I was with my kids 24 seven, you know, he would go to work usually in the morning before I even woke up, usually came home after I was already asleep and the kids were with me 24 seven. So to go from having them always to, you know, first we were going to do every two weeks and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> and then every other week, and then we came on three days on three days off. Um, at first those three days were torture for me. Like I, I, 
that, that's when I would go on my three-day <laughs> drives. Um, I couldn't just stay home and do something. I, you know, I would always want to go out or, you know, go for a drive or be with people constantly. And it was probably about a year and a half in. It took a long time. I think it was gradual. I started really enjoying the three days. I missed my kids, of course, but I really would take those three days and just work on me. You know, maybe I'd read my books. Maybe, you know, I would just do things for me. Maybe I'd go work out or, and I started enjoying being alone instead of being terrified of it. And so I started staying home and, you know, just doing my own thing. And, and now I look forward to that. (laughs) I look forward to, I have to have that. I call it kind of my recharge days. Like I need a day to myself. I love you all, everyone in my family, but I need a day to myself and I don't feel guilty about it. So I think that's an important thing that I was just going to ask you because that's a shift from feeling good about taking that time for yourself. Also, not to gloss over, at the time that you were learning to be with yourself, you were still growing a business. Yeah. Right? Oh, because yeah. Because this wasn't like you had your time and you were in a cocoon and you could just kind of chill. No. <laughs> you were out building a business. Right. right? I had to... Um, I went to work for a salon that... At the time, it was my ex-husband, because he knew I needed to do this. He did trade out. He had an advertising agency, so he did trade out for this salon. Um, He did a logo for them and um, letterhead at the time that we used to use that. (laughs) for uh, Trade out for a year's worth of rent for me. So it gave me time to build my business. And um, generally, it takes, I would say, two to three years to, you know, build a clientele to... Um, do hair. I was so motivated and I'm always a really shy introverted person so I don't even know who that person was but I was motivated by fear and I wanted this to be a career because I didn't want to have to go do a desk job where I was stuck. The fear of a desk job. The fear of a desk job yes like that was a big fear. I hated that job so much and so um, I just you know word of mouth is how I built my business. I would tell my clients I'm not, I'm not real good at doing like punch cards or, you know, anything like that. I just said, if you refer me, the person comes in and, um, just remind me at your next appointment, did so-and-so come and see you and I'll give you a free haircut. And cause I didn't want to keep track of, you know, punch cards or 10%. And I just was like a free haircut. And people love that, especially my clients that had short hair that had to get it cut quite often, you know, every um, I had this one client. She was awesome. She uh, she had a pretty strong personality, and she would need a haircut. She would look around her office and go, hey, go see this girl. <laughs> and she had free haircuts for like eight months. She sent me so many people. That's how motivated she was. I wonder if that's how I got my referral. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe she told you. But oh, I don't know. I built my business, and so after a year, I was supposed to decide whether I wanted to go commission or booth rental. And when I did the numbers, it was like, I definitely did do, you know, so I built my business really fast and I was able to buy my own house, you know, about a two years in of my own, which was huge. That made me just feel amazing. Like, okay, I mean, I can do this. Maybe I don't need him or anyone. Right. So that was pretty huge for me. I was proud of myself for the first time ever. Recently, you told me a story about your youngest daughter taking that time for herself. She's learned that. Oh, yeah. I would say she learned that from you. She did. And and her dad, because um, 
So my husband now is the total opposite of my ex-husband, where my ex was, you know, go, go, go constantly. We always had people around. Like, we never took a trip, just the two of us. We always had to have this entourage of people around us. And um, Jeff is more a loner. I mean, he likes to be home. He's definitely knows who he is and, you know, has... He's comfortable in his own skin. He's 100% comfortable in his own skin. But he does have anxiety issues. Um, You would never know by looking at him or talking to him. But we recognize that in our youngest daughter that if she didn't... If she tried to go, go, go too much, my other two kids could do that okay. I think, you know, they just... With their dad and stuff. and, And they could survive that. But we would notice with our youngest that she just would kind of have a meltdown and we started you know not forcing her to do that but just telling her maybe you need a day to just kind of catch your breath and and she at 16 now 100% knows that she needs at least one day of a weekend and she organizes herself that way and she I'm so proud of her because at 16 to learn that um that she needs a recharge day and 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 I don't I don't mind if she has a day where she just sits in her room and does whatever. And I think a lot of people would look at kids as being lazy if they did that. But um, not making her feel guilty about it and knowing that, and, and it's huge. Because if we let her slide sometimes and there's a bunch of stuff going on, you know, she's in high school and I want to go out this night and then so-and-so's having this. If she has three days of that, oh, our next week is going to be hell because she's anxious and tired and um we don't even have to point that out to her now she recognizes it and and she'll say she doesn't have that fear of missing out like most kids which I'm really proud of her for Mm -hmm. um she just is like well I'm not going to do that because I know (laughs) I'll pay dearly so I'm proud of her for that and she is really organized and self-disciplined for sure she gets that from her dad not from me (laughs) so yeah, I'm proud of her for learning that so early on. It took me till I was 35 years old to learn that. So, so you talked about um, Seat of the Soul, the power of now. Is there anything in particular you're reading right now or listening to or thinking about that is particularly engaging for you? Well, right now, this is, uh, I, I'm <laughs> I get really kind of obsessive about what I'm learning from time to time. So at that time, it was all books like that, you know, a lot of, a lot of that right now. I'm, uh, for my own personal health, I'm reading everything about ketogenic diets and, um, I can't get enough. (laughs) So that's kind of what I'm engaging in now. I, it's the total opposite of what I've been doing the last five years as, as far as the way of eating and for your health, where for five years I was, you know, a fitness coach and I was running marathons and doing triathlons and, um, eating, you know, a lot of veganish vegetable. (laughs) And so now it's the opposite. I'm taking a whole different approach because I feel like I got really burnt out. Um, my body got tired and I'm realizing that you can't keep that up for too long. And so I'm trying to I guess in a way it's the same as back when I was reading those books. I was more of a spiritual, emotional, and now I'm uh, working on my health. So trying to balance being healthy, eating well, exercising, but not too much, and 
balance. I, I think life is just finding a balance. I think it's always a constant balancing act. And so this is the opposite. I'm eating tons of fat. I'm, I can't get enough of learning about this diet because it's so amazing how good I've been feeling since I've started it. And not working out five days a week like a crazy person in an anaerobic zone and running three times a week and just taking walks maybe instead. And so all my books that are piled up on my nightstand have to do with, have to do with that. So always trying to improve myself. If you think back about maybe there was a time when someone gave you a piece of advice or something that really kind of helped you or shift how you were approaching things, does something come to mind for you? My best friend, Laura, at the time, when I was going through my divorce and thought that I would not make it, other people that I would talk to would would kind of join in on me like, oh, yeah, how dare he do that? What a jerk. And, you know, she never did that. She was friends with him, too, so she wasn't going to, but she would sing a song to me all the time <laughs> about everything's going to be okay. You know, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. And that's all she would say. She wouldn't badmouth him to make me feel better because, I mean, really, it didn't. I mean, probably in the moment, but that wasn't going to help me. She would just constantly repeat to me, things are going to get better. And... I believed her. I started believing her, and it turns out she was right. <laughs> so that was huge the way she dealt with me as opposed to other people that just kind of, you know, I, I know they meant well, and they, it's because they loved me, and they were like, yeah, how dare him? What a jerk. I hate him too. And that wasn't necessary for her. And I think I, I healed a lot more from her just repeating to me all the time. She would listen. She would, I would talk to her on the phone on my drive to San Francisco until we lost cell signal. And she would just say, everything's going to get better. And, you know, that was it. It was simple, but it helped a ton. So if you were going to um, have a conversation with the Michelle that was 19 or 20, knowing that, like, what's coming ahead, mm -hmm. right, um, is there a piece of advice you would have given yourself at that time? Oh. Know or knowing now what you know? Yeah. I would have I would have told her not to get married so young. <laughs> and not necessarily to not be with him, but just to find yourself first. You know, figure out who you are first. Because you're never gonna be any good to any relationship or, or even your kids, you know. I even started relying on my kids, especially my son, when I was going through that. And that was a big burden to put on him. I, you know, didn't realize it at the time. Um, but I literally did not know who I was at all. I thought I was his wife, his mother, you know, and, and nothing beyond that. So when I see, you know, people getting married so young and some people do, some people know who they are that young. I, I swear my 16 year old, she's, <laughs> I don't think she'll ever rely on a relationship the way I did, but, um, you know, once you know that, I just think your relationships in every aspect will be better because I always was compromising myself. He wanted to do, you know, whatever. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. I just would still do it. And I didn't even know what I liked. I remember him asking me one time, you know, he was doing a campaign for work at, and it was called What Moves You. And 
he was telling me about different people and how they answered that question. And I could not answer that question because I didn't know. And so I found that out after. And so it was a good, good growing experience. It all does get better. It does. It does get better. And and the age, I love this when people get upset. So I'm 51 now, and I've never been stressed about turning 30, turning 40, turning 50, because what I have found in my experience it, it is that every decade gets better. And what I know now, like, it's just, it's so much more relaxing. Like, the things that used to stress me out just don't anymore. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, people, oh, if I could go back to my 20s, no. Oh, my gosh, never. I would not want to go back to my 20s for anything. <laughs> that was a difficult, th- I mean, you know, it was fun being in, the, in them, yeah. but it wasn't easy. No. You know, people romanticize like that was easy. I'm thinking a lot of change, a lot of transition, and not a lot of previous history to rely on. Like, oh, yeah, I know mm-hmm. how to handle this or yeah. something similar. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... You're thinking, hmm, I'm not sure I'd wish that on someone just because of an age thing. No, you know? no, not at all. And and not in my way of thinking and the thing. I was constantly offended about everything. I remember just, I don't know if I just looked for things to be, I just always found things to be offended about. And now I just don't take anything personally. Water, duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's much more uh, peaceful way to be. So you've had a lot of changes and growth on the personal side. I know your business is doing really well still all yeah. these years later. Yeah. And, and you've changed it. locations. And I remember having conversations with you about major changes you were making and would people stay with you. And it seems like people just get more and more committed to you you have (laughs) magic (laughs) I do I have such wonderful clients like you that have followed me all over town (laughs) and been with me through those big changes of divorces and marriages and pregnancies um you know I think I have that same attitude in my business at first I wouldn't make any changes because I needed to hold on to these clients and you know it was always this again, controlling, trying to control everything, trying to hold on. And, and now I have just a more lax, not lackadaisical in, I don't care, but you know, if I, if a client stops coming into me, they go somewhere else. I used to take that so personal and I I just don't, if I see them somewhere and I haven't seen them in a while in in the salon, it's, it's funny because sometimes they'll like hide from me and, and I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't mind if you want to go try someone else. It's totally fine because each time someone leaves, I get new people in and it's just kind of an ebb and flow that I just kind of go with it. You know, I, I remember one of the meditations that I, that I used to do, which was a, um, a guided meditation. They talked about, you know, trying to row upstream and trying to control the boat and, you know, just put your oar away and just go with it. And sometimes you might get stuck on some rocks or whatever, but you're not going to try it. You're just going to, you'll, you'll flow out of it eventually. And so I kind of take that attitude in my business as well as my life, you know, not to be the extreme of, oh, I don't care and I don't do anything responsible, but I just, there's no reason to get upset about stuff like that. New new clients come in, some go away, some come back, some don't, but I still remain friends with them. I don't know. It's just, it just all works out. <laughs> it all ends up working out. So as we wrap this up, Michelle, 
What's the best way for people to find out more about you or to connect with you? Well, I'm on Facebook. It's um, Michelle Marigus Ciphers. That would probably be the best way. Yeah, I, I'm on some of the other social medias, but not as often as, as Facebook. So, yeah, you could private message me on there. and. Well, I'll put your link up. Yeah. When we launch up. the podcast, we'll okay. make sure there's a link to your Facebook page. So Perfect. I will test it. And if it's not, if people can't access it, I'll let you know. Okay. That would um, be great. And then they can see all the cool stuff you're up to and where you're going and what you're learning. Okay. Because you're good about sharing, which is great, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I get overly excited about my new things that I'm learning, and <laughs> I love to share and help with things that I've been through, because like my friend Laura says, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> and on that note, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.